Welcome to the Life of Faith podcast by missionary evangelist John J. Asilin of the Global Prayer Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. We invite you to join us for this special message of inspiration, encouragement, and ministry of the Word of God through the exaltation of Jesus our Lord. Here is John J. Asilin. We always talk about the signs of the times. We always talk about the tsunamis. We always talk about the earthquakes. We always talk about the wars and the rumors of wars. They're all happening. Half of the world is at war today. And it's not stopping. You know, when you read the book of Revelation and look at 42 months of war, I never thought it'll be that long for a war to go on. The war in Ukraine has already crossed two years. And the war in Israel has started. We don't know when it's going to end. What I'm saying is, all of those signs of the times we read about. But I read Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, again and again and again. And I'm not worried about the signs, they are happening. But what does Jesus tell us to do in the midst of all of those signs? There are six things that I wrote down. I only had the time to minister on the first thing on Friday. Because Jesus tells us, Take heed that no one deceives you. Matthew 24, 4-8 through 8, For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must, must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then he talks about how men will betray each other and hate one another because iniquity shall abound, lawlessness abounds, the love of many shall wax cold. And then he says in verse 13, he who endures to the very end shall be saved. He who endures to the very end shall be saved. Among all the things that a Christian will suffer persecution, we will suffer uh, for the sake of Christ, we will be ostracized, we will be afflicted. Main thing that I want to emphasize again tonight is endurance comes with the foundation of God's word in your life. That's it. Mark chapter 4 verse 17. How the sower goes to sow. Some fall on the wayside and birds of the air come and devour them, pluck them out. Just as I receive the word sometimes, the devil comes and steals the word. Make me forget. You know? Um, that's the reason why I remember everything that God has spoken, not only to me, for me, but for my loved ones. You know, a, a, a prophetic ministry, which I'm not saying that I'm called to, a, a teacher of the word, a, a man of God who has been instructed will also remember what he has instructed people. You know, I not only speak the word that I become a, become a historian of what God has told different people and different times. You know, I remember that. One of which uh, happened 
you know, two years ago, I was praying with my family and I saw a big stage, a powerful stage. And uh, Rachel is preparing the stage. Beautiful, big stage. Thousand people and over, uh, lots and lots of people over there. Except the famous person that she was arranging the stage for doesn't show up in the last minute. And God says, get up on the stage and share the word. And immediately she was teary-eyed and I had to assure, Rachel, I'm not going anywhere. I am not famous, I'll never become famous. But as little as I am, I'm not going to leave you. So if you're arranging the meeting for me, I will be somewhere in the background, you know. So don't, don't worry about it. But that came to pass last, last October when we were in Quito. I was lying in the hospital and Rachel was called to minister. She gets up on the stage and ministers to over a thousand people in the Colosseum, you know. God is so amazing for what he tells us to do and reminds us of the things that he will want us to do, you know. The foundation, so first set of promises are taken away by the, by the devil, you forget them. The second set of promises fall on the stony ground and uh, uh, they try to come up, but then when persecution arises, when affliction comes, because there is not much of earth to hold the plant, they cannot endure the persecution. They cannot endure the suffering. How does that apply? There is a danger in selectively taking the scriptures and using it like a cookbook approach. You know, I want this. I want this. Is, this, is, this is nice. This is pleasing to me. This is what I've been instructed to do. S listen to one set and one set only and take one particular thing and one particular thing only. So you don't have the foundation of God's personality in you. I know God is merciful. I know God is gracious. I know God is kind. I know God is forgiving. These are the personalities of God that, that are rubbing off on me by the foundation of God's word. Then I also know the principles of God's word, how God operates, how God works. So we need to have, we need to plow the soil of our hearts and prepare our ground to receive the whole counsel of God. The whole counsel of God. That's when you understand. It's not the power, power, power. Samson had power, but he lost it. King Saul had power as a king, but he could not lift up his little finger against Goliath. He was powerless. So what I'm saying is, it is the endurance. However much power God has given you, we need to endure that. We need to stretch it out. We need to keep it to the very end. And what helps you to keep it to the very end is the foundation of God's word. Knowing God with all of your heart. Foundation of God's word. And the rest I told you on Friday. I'm not going to repeat it. The second thing that Jesus tells us to do is to watch. Matthew chapter 24, 42 Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour, day, your Lord 
is coming. Watch therefore. For you do not know. If anybody gives you the prediction. Do not listen to them. Because Jesus told us that. You do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Simple example. If Jesus were to tell the 5,000 people. On the day of his ascension. Go to Jerusalem. Wait in the upper room. On the 10th day. You're going to receive the Holy Spirit. Did he say that? No. Wait for the promise of the Father to be fulfilled. Not many days from now. Not many. I am telling you. We are living the same time frame as those people in 2000 years ago. Even today. When Jesus tells us not many days. We, say, oh, we don't know. Let's go and do our own thing. That's exactly is the catch right there. We need to be watchful. We need to be prepared at any moment. Luke chapter 21 verse 36. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy or have the strength to escape all these things. There is an escape clause. If we watch and pray that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So watch therefore and pray always. Hema said it clearly just recently. When you pray during the crisis, it's not prayer. <laughs> that is crisis prayer. Everybody prays. But when you pray, when everything is going all right, when you're blessed, when you don't have a need to pray for, you're praying, you're praying. Yes, needs are always going to be there. But you make it a regular walk with God. What is prayer? Communication with God. There are families that I see that don't communicate among themselves. They don't know what's going on between one another. There are churches that don't know what's going on among themselves. We can be like the same way. We don't know what's going on. But when we communicate, when we pray always, we are going to be ready. We're going to be hearing from God. Prayer is prayer when there is no crisis hitting you. That is prayer. That is real communication. Mark chapter 13 verse 33. Take heed, watch and pray. For you do not know when the time is. So that is watchful. Being watchful. Watch, watch. Watch, watch. We are watching each other like a hawk. We are watching God to move stuff. We were praying even before the meeting and God was revealing things. So we need to watch and watch and watch. When you get into the watch mode, it is going to be so exciting. Because the watchman will watch over you and reveal things to you. You know? So we need to watch. And the second thing, and the third thing that I want to say, first, endure. Second, watch. Third, be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Matthew 24, 44. Therefore you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Ready. Someone said, one of my businessmen friends, told me, most of the church world is getting ready to get ready. 
That is not being ready. Hey, the wedding is at 4 o'clock. Are you ready? Oh, it's 3.55. I'll get ready. You got to march down the aisle. Well, I'll be there. You know, so you show up 45 minutes late. <laughs> and everybody, I was waiting for a wedding that I was conducting. Man, I was waiting for an hour and a half. I was standing there in the altar, standing for an hour and a half. You know, you be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour. You do not expect the five wise virgins were ready. They were ready, not freaking out, but the other ones were freaking out. They were not ready. Fourth thing, be faithful. Be faithful. Gary always mentions that word, be faithful. Matthew chapter 24, 45 and 46. Who then is a faithful and a wise servant? Whom his master made ruler over his household. To give them food in due season at the right time. Blessed is he whom his master when he comes will find so doing. Be faithful. Be faithful when the people don't even look at you. Be faithful to who you are. Who you are is what you are and who you are when you're all by yourself. You know? Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. I cannot emphasize faithfulness. Faithful, faithfulness starts with obedience. As a child we obey. Obey, obey. Don't do this, don't do this. Don't. Obey, obey, obey. So if you consistently obey in the long run, you have become faithful. You cannot shake out of being obedient. You are going to be faithful. Hallelujah. I want to thank you, my prayer team. You are faithful to what God has called you. You are faithful. And let us continue to stay faithful for the great things that are going to take place in this place very soon. We're going to be seeing it. But let us be faithful. No matter how blessed we are, no matter how God uses each and every one of you, no, no matter how God unloads upon you his riches and his uh, anointing, let us continue to be faithful as a servant of the Lord. And the next thing I want to mention, one, two, three, four, five, the fifth thing, take heed, be careful to not be deceived. Luke chapter 21 verse 34. Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, I mean dissipation, drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day come upon you unexpectedly it's not my words my wife was telling me something that she was listening to on the uh, one of the me powerful men of God preaching you go to church not to worship but look around and say that man has this I don't have it that woman has this I don't have it they have this house I don't have it they have this wealth I don't have it so you just, the cares of the world are drenching you to the point that you are not worshipping God. 
you're sitting there totally disgusted or just fighting the flesh, you're coming to the house of God or you're creating a house of God in your place to worship God, to praise God, to adore God. I told you this before. If uh, I've told you this once. If you love your body, you'll never be happy with it. Right? You're never going to be beautiful. If you love your wealth, you're never going to be happy because you're not rich enough. <laughs> if you love staying young, you're not going to like it because you're growing old. <laughs> That's why God told us, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up their wings and fly like eagles. Let me apply it to the good side. If you love worship, you're never going to be satisfied. Worshiping God. If you love God, you're never going to be satisfied. The amount of love that you receive from Him and the love you offer back to Him. You see, all of the other things don't matter. You know, sometimes people take a long, 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 long time to come to the death experience, to recklessly abandon themselves and follow God and love God and trust God fully. Hallelujah. When you trust God fully, God is still going to bless you. He's still going to prosper you. He's still going to move mightily in your life. But the priority is to love him. So don't let the drunkenness or cares of this life take over you so that the day will come upon you unexpectedly. So do not be deceived. Do not compare yourself with anybody in the street, anybody across the street. Because you are precious in God's sight. You are beautiful because you're fearfully and wonderfully made, right? Hallelujah. God doesn't make cheapos. You know, George will always tell me, hello, beautiful. I was really getting swelled head because he's calling me beautiful. But then he called everybody beautiful. That was dampening me. George, why do you say that? And his reply is, God never makes anything cheap. God has made you, made you a great man. Just live up to it. You're great. God doesn't make anything cheap. So when you look at yourself as God sees you, you're not going to be ugly. You're going to be beautiful. When you look at yourself as God sees you, you're blessed. God has blessed your socks off. When you look at yourself, as God looks at you, you are fulfilled. You're satisfied. You're humble because God sees you. You know, God has been speaking to me so much in the last few days. And I needed that more than you. Finally, one, two, three, four, five, six. The sixth thing that Jesus tells us to do. Is to look up. Don't look down. Where is he going? Where is he going? Where is she going? Where is Trump doing? 
Where is Biden doing? I'm not saying that you can never <laughs> stop doing that, Alden. But don't look around. Don't look at the ground. Look up. Look up. Luke 21, 28. Now when these things begin to come to pass, begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't be worried that you're going to leave all your properties behind for Antichrist to take over. Who wants them? When God is calling us to the heavenly gateway, to the heavenly passageway. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But be debt free to leave everything behind. <laughs> like somebody said, Jesus is going to come, so I'm going to borrow and borrow and borrow up to my gills. Jesus didn't come, but the bill collector showed up. Don't do that. Just be faithful steward of what God has given you. And God is going to bless you. Those, those are the six things that I listed out what Jesus asked us to do in the midst of all of the signs of the times. Let us endure. Let us be ready. Let us be careful not to allow any drunkenness or any cares of the world to take over us. Let us watch and pray. And let us always look up for our redemption draws near. Thank you for joining us on our Life of Faith podcast by John J. Asilin of the Global Prayer Center. Please visit us at www.globalprayercenter.net. Please share your comments and visit us at the Prayer Center. God bless you and strengthen your walk with the Lord.